All right, Luke chapter 16. I want you to think of as this morning as we begin your core relationships, all right? The very core, the most important relationships. I want you to make a list in your mind, if you would, of those core relationships that matter in your life the most. All right, do that with me as we begin. As you turn to Luke 16 and do that two things at one time, core relationships in your head. So what did you come up with? I hope many of you said that God was a core relationship, right? I hope you got that. You're so spiritual. Way to go. You get a, you get a point this morning if you said God as one of your core relationships. If you said Holy Spirit, you're super spiritual. You, you get extra bonus points for that. And so you uh, maybe said, God, the Holy Spirit. Maybe you said this. Maybe you said, my relationship to the Word of God. That's just showing off. If you said that, you're showing off. All right, those are all relationships. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But you know, from then, people maybe who you're sitting by, your spouse, your children, right? Your grandkids, Maybe people at work, your closest friends. You, you think of this, this core and you kind of build your way out maybe to uh, other family members, close friends at church, small group members, different things. All those relationships that you have. Today we're going to study a relationship that you probably did not mention as you listed your core relationships. But according to some studies, it's a, a relationship that you think about almost 50% of your waking hours as an adult. All right, think about that. 50% of your waking hours as an adult, you're going to think about your relationship to money. That's what we're talking about. Money matters, all right? So if you're visiting with us today, we don't always preach about money. I right? just want you to know that. This is a, and this, is not a, this message is not intended to have you give more money to the church. In fact, this message is intended to help you uh, deal with your own personal finances in a way that would be biblical and helpful to you, all right? And so uh, these are some truths we're going to go through uh, about helping you your relationship with money we're going to talk about managing money wisely managing money wisely See, the bible talks about all kinds of topics and talks about money and so we're going to deal with that today uh pastor levi started last week talking about uh covet or uh, being content and the dangers of discontentment all right and we talked about those things last week and now we're going to move on to managing your money wisely and we talked about this uh we talked about money matters because money does matter you have to handle it, and how you handle it affects your entire life. It, 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 it can control. If you don't control your money, your money will control you, right? And so we don't want your money to control you. We want you to learn to control money because it is something we all have to deal with. And so money matters. And so I hope you'll give attention to the preaching of the Word of God this morning because it's something that we all deal with every day and throughout our life. And so we're going to learn how to manage money wisely. We have to look to the Word of God and especially today to the words of Jesus Christ himself. We're looking at the teachings of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ taught a lot about money. His, he used it as illustrations because everybody deals with it. And so it's a common thing to people to deal with it. And so Christ talked about money in his illustrations often. So we're, we're going to pick up here in Luke 16 in just a minute. As we do, Jesus is telling stories and teaching lessons. We call them parables, right? The parables of Jesus. And so we know that he often told earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. And these were parables of Christ. Luke 15 has three main parables in it. If we're looking at the context of, of our story today, he talks about the lost sheep. He talks about a man who had a hundred sheep and one wandered away and he went out and found that one sheep and brought him back to the fold. He told that story. Then he told the story of the lost silver. A lady had 10 pieces of silver and she couldn't find one and she swept the house and she cleaned the house and she did everything. She stopped all that she was doing to find that one piece. Have you ever done that? Have you ever lost something? Say, I gotta find. This morning I, for the first time, I have a system. I don't ever lose my wallet. 
It's always in my pants. When I take my pants off at night, I hang it up on a hook with my wallet in my pants. And the next morning, I put my pants on and I transfer the wallet into my, it's, my wallet is always in my pants. And it wasn't this morning. <laughs> and I was like, where did I put that thing? I, was, I started retracing my steps and I found it uh, finally on my chair when I was doing something with the phone anyway. So I had that, that wallet, but I, it's a, a system that I have. And so here you talk about the silver that was lost and she, she did everything she could to find that piece of silver. And then the last parable in 15 is a famous one, the lost son, right? The son who took his money from his dad. We call him the prodigal son, right? And that's in Luke chapter 15. We call him the prodigal son because he left home and he wasted all that his dad had given him in a riotous living, the Bible says. That's what we call him. I didn't know what the word prodigal meant, really, to be honest with you. The word prodigal doesn't really mean to go astray. It really means the idea of wasting everything, to, to blow it, to waste it. And so we call him the prodigal son because he wasted his substance. So that brings us to Luke chapter 16. And this parable we look here in Luke 16 is a, it's a very difficult parable to kind of understand. And so I was excited about kind of studying it out and uh, trying to get some information to give to you and some challenges to give to you. The parable we often call uh, the, un, the parable of the unjust steward. We'll see that in just a little bit. The parable of the unjust steward. But today I want you to think of it this way. The parable of the prodigal steward. All right? The prodigal son we had in 15, now we have the prodigal steward, a steward that was wasteful, a steward that, a man who had money that wasted the money. All right? So we're going to pick up the story here in Luke chapter 16, and we'll look beginning in verse number 1, and we'll read here the parable of the prodigal steward. We'll make some comments as we go. Verse number 1, Jesus is teaching, he said also unto his disciples, so he's teaching to his disciples, later on we'll see the Pharisees are also there. Uh, there was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. So we see here that he had a, a, the, the story is about a steward, a man who didn't own things. He took care of things for somebody else. He was a steward. The word steward in the Bible means a, a house a keeper, a house manager. He was manager over all the house. All the resources came to him, and he, spent, he paid the bills for the master. Wouldn't it be great if you had someone like that in your house? It's like, all you do is go get the money, bring it in. You never worry about a bill. You had a, you had a house manager and a housekeeper and a maid. and all. We don't have those things. I don't have those things. Maybe you do, but uh, we don't have those things. But here, he, this man was rich enough to have a steward, all right? And he had a person that took care of all the finances for him. All he did was, was uh, reap the benefits of what his steward was doing. And so this is the story that Jesus is telling. It was a common uh, relationship back in the Bible time to have a steward if you were a very wealthy man. And so he was a steward, and the, the accusation was that he had wasted. He was a wasting steward. He was a prodigal steward. He wasn't, he wasn't taking good care of the master's money, right? Verse number two. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. So every steward has to give an account. Mark it down. If you are a steward, you have to give an account. So this guy is wasting the master's money. The master hears something's not right. He said, I'm going to come see you, and when I come see you, you're going to give me an account. I want to find out what's going on with my money, and you're going to give an account to me. Well, this changed the story a little bit. Look at verse number three. Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do? What am I going to do? The, the master is coming. What am I going to do about this? Look at verse number three. What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig, 
to beg, I am ashamed. He said, well, what am I going to do? If I lose my job as a steward, what am I going to do? I can't dig. I'm too lazy to dig, and I'm too proud to beg. So what what am I going to do with my time? How am I going to provide for myself and for my family? What am I going to do if my stewardship is taken away? All right? Verse number four. I am resolved what to do, and that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. He has this great idea. He's going to lose his job. He's trying to secure a better future for himself, right? Look what his idea was. Verse number five. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him and said unto the first, how much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, take thy bill, sit down quickly and write 50. Then said he to another, how much owest thou? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take thy bill and write four score. So talk about your Black Friday sales. Here we go. We have a Black Friday sale going on. He's slashing prices. You owe 100, just give me 50. You owe 100, give me 80. I'll take a part, just give me something. And his idea was this. In doing this and being kind to the people that owed the master money, that when he lost his job, these people would receive him into their house. See, back in, in, in the Bible times, it was, a, it was an honor-based system. And so when you did something kind for somebody else, it was, it was understood that you would do something kind in return. And so he was doing these kind gestures to all these people, thinking somebody out there will give me a place to live. Somebody out there will give me a job. If I, do th- if I scratch their back now, they'll scratch my back later. And so he has his plan, and he works his plan, and he cuts the prices for, the, for those who owe. Again, remember, this is a made-up story. So you can't like fill in gaps. You can't think, well, maybe this. or maybe. There's, there's no maybes. Jesus told the story that he wanted to tell, and we have to learn the lesson we, he wants us to learn. So this is the story. So he talks to all these people and gets it done. All right, And here in verse number 8, we kind of find the twist in the story. Verse number 8. And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. Now stop right there. That's where I kind of run into a hall. I think, what? The Lord commended, the word commended means to applaud, to praise. (laughs) Good job. He praised him for his wisdom. He's done wisely. So, I mean, honestly, if you're sitting in Jesus' day, listening at the feet of the master, and he's telling this story, if he told this story and he came to that point and and he would have said, and the master came and he took the unjust steward and he publicly humiliated him and put him in debtor's prison, everybody would say, yeah, that's what he should do. That makes sense. That was the way the story should have gone. But Jesus said, no, in my story, here's what happens. The, the, the master comes back, and he sees the unjust steward, and he applauds him for doing wisely. So it's a twist in the story. And really, this is where we got to learn. He went from, and this, in this story, he went from the prodigal steward to the praised steward in one decision. He, he, was the product, he was wasting, and he was prodigal, and he had wasted all the, and now he's like, oh, good job. Way to go. He praised him for his wisdom. All right, now listen. He didn't praise him for being unjust. He, what he did was not just, but in this story, because Jesus is only trying to teach a certain lesson. He's not trying to teach every lesson. He's trying to teach a lesson, right? And so in this story, he's saying, in this story, the master praised him for, because for a moment, he went from being a wasteful student, uh, steward to a wise steward. He started handling resources 
wisely. He started making uh, decisions that he should have been making all along. He started actually doing his job and getting involved. He wasn't just frivolous and wasteful. He was now a wise steward. So he changed from a wasteful steward to a wise steward. Right? So that's the story of the prodigal steward or the unjust steward, depending on how you want to, to, to call it. That's the story. Now let me give you the sermon that Jesus gives. This is where we got to get into the meat. What does that mean to you? Like, what does that mean to you in 2021? We're preaching this series of messages because we're talking about how to handle your money wisely in December so that when January, February, March come along, you're not like, what did I just do? Like we're, we're trying to make sure that we make good decisions now that la- we want you to be a wise steward now and not a wasteful steward as we go into the Christmas season, all right? So in the middle of verse 8, Jesus kind of steps back outside the story now and starts to preach, and he starts to make practical application of his message. Look at verse number 8. We'll begin at verse 8 again. And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. Then Christ says this, for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Again, that's a, that's a strange statement. Do you think about it? Christ is saying the children of light, that's people who believe in the light, believe in Jesus Christ. It's very clear throughout the Bible. The children of light are people who believe the word of God. We have light. We're not in darkness. We're in light. And he's saying the children of this world, the people who don't believe in Christ, are wiser in their generation than the children of light. He's saying, children of light, you can learn a lesson from the children of the world and how they handle their money wisely. Again, there's not many places in the Bible you're going to find a place where Christ says, look to the world for an example. But here's one. He's saying the children of light can learn from the children of the world in this area of handling their money, all right? So what he did, this unwise steward, this steward, this wise steward now, leveraged, listen to the statement, he leveraged all the resources under his control to secure his future. He took whatever he had in his hand at that moment, he leveraged it to secure a future. And Christ said, this is wise. Take what you have in your hand right now and use it wisely so that your future is brighter. That's the lesson. That's the story. What do you have in your hand right now? What, what do you have in your possession? What, what money do you get from the government or from your work or you know, on a regular basis? What do you have in your... Use that wisely to secure a bright future. That's part of the lesson. All right, so verse 8, he's saying we can learn something here. The world is constantly leveraging their resources. The world is constantly leveraging, investing their money for a brighter future. They go all in. I mean, I get on my social media feed all the time things about investments. I, I know how to buy a cryptocurrency if I want to. I get all kinds of advertisements about all these different things, and they're trying to get me to invest and invest and invest and invest, right? The world is all about leveraging resources for investment. I watch one of my favorite shows to watch on TV is Shark Tank, all right? So it's all about investment. They bring their ideas and people invest. The world is all about leveraging resources for a brighter future. You're banking on your... People say this, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to put the money into myself, all right? So God says we can... Christ says we can learn something from them in this idea, all right? So look at verse number nine. But I say unto you, make to yourself friends of the mammon of unrighteousness. The word mammon of unrighteousness, mammon is a word for riches, wealth, all right? The wealth or the mammon of unrighteousness that when ye fail, they may receive you 
into everlasting habitations. Now, what does that mean? This is, again, these two verses where I really struggled with the idea of what this means, right? So Christ says, I'm saying something. This is my lesson to you, all right? You can learn something from the, the world as a child of light. Use your money wisely to secure a brighter future. And what I want you to do is I want you to make friends of uh, unrighteous mammon so that when you fail, they'll receive you to everlasting habitations. All right? So there's something everlasting here we're looking toward. There's something outside of this world that he's putting their attention to. All right? And so he says in verse 9, a couple ideas. I'm not sure exactly what exactly means. I know the main idea. He says, friends. Some people believe that this means that use your money in a way that gets the gospel to other people so that when you leave this world, the, word, the idea of failing is to, to cease. He's going back to the story. The, the, the man's stewardship was about to cease. Someday, all of your stewardships will cease. Right? You'll be in heaven or hell. That's only two places. All of us will be one of two places for eternity. All right? And so the stewardship will cease. And when we fail, the Bible says, use your money wisely now. Make friends of unrighteous mammon so that when you go to heaven, there'll be there people waiting for you who have got the gospel because you leveraged your finances well in this lifetime. Or the idea is, and this is throughout the Bible, that we can lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. It's possible. I don't understand what that exactly means. I, I don't know, but I, I do know that God says that if we use our resources wisely now, we can lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. And it says make friends, become friendly with, uh, become fond with unrighteous men. Learn to handle your money wisely with fondness so that when you go to the everlasting habitations, your treasure is waiting for you. Don't just blow all your money here on earth. Put aside some money in heaven. That's what he's saying, right? That's the point. The point is, either way, the message is clear. Leverage your money for eternity. How do you handle money wisely? You leverage it now for eternal investment. Verses number 10 through 12. Kind of, we'll go through these real quick here. Verse number 10 it says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to yourself the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? You know, money is really a, it's a big thing we think about, but in God's sight, it's not, it's not that important. And please do not think that this church is all about, like, give us your money, give us your, we're not. We are encouraging you at times to invest your money into eternal uh, investments, both here and through our missions program. But it's not about, and that's what the Bible is saying here. If you can be faithful in a, in a small matter like money, God can trust you with true riches. And if you can be faithful with another man's money, then God can give you those things that are your own in eternity. And it's all about your, your time here on earth. And verse number 13 kind of ends this preaching time. He says, no servant can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or else he'll hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. All right? So you can't serve both. You can't serve God and mammon. Learn how to handle and wisely manage mammon so you can serve God. That's the point. That's the point. And when it comes to serving, the question is, who makes the final decision? Is your final decision a, always a financial decision? Then you're probably serving money. If your final decision is a God decision and your money falls along, then you're serving God. Who makes the final decision? Like, 
if, if Pastor Yeomans tells me to do one thing and my wife tells me to do another thing, I have to serve which one master? Guess who I'm going to serve, right? We all know the answer, right? I can find another job. <laughs> I can't find another wife, right? And so if we all have that point where you only serve one master, don't serve money, serve God with your money. All right, let me just kind of wrap these things up in some statements that I think will be helpful to you, this whole thing. So I kind of gave you the story and the sermon. Now here's some practical points. What's your relationship like to money? Ask yourself this question. It's going to be either a relationship of ownership or stewardship. Ownership versus stewardship. When you get your paycheck this week, is that an ownership relationship or a stewardship relationship? This, steward, this story is all about a steward. All right? The Bible is very clear. Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. Okay, so tell me, who owns the world? God. Who owns every person in the world? God. Who owns all the money in the world? God. The earth is the Lord, the fullness thereof, everything in there, every person belongs to God. You, can, you can't find anything else in the Bible but that God is the owner of all. If that's the case, that makes you a steward. You are a steward of your life, your time, your energy, your money. You don't own anything. I don't own, I'm a steward. God owns, yes, and, and I understand in our society, uh, I have an ownership. I have an ownership to my house, to my car. I have ownerships. But I, my thinking is, is, am I an owner or am I a steward? Is that car mine to use for the way I want to, or is that car mine to use to steward for God. That's the, that's the difference in mentality we've got to have. Ownership versus stewardship. All right, I'm going to try something. I, don't, I debated about doing this or not, but I'm going to do it. All right, so hidden in this auditorium right now is cash. I'm serious. It's not a lot, but it's mine. All right, so if you want to, if you want to reach underneath your pew and chair, there's some envelopes taped throughout the auditorium, all right? If you can't find them, you can find them afterwards. I'll go get, I'll, believe me, I know where they are, and I'll find them, all right? If you can't find them, we can get them later, all right? All right, there's an envelope. There's a little bit of money in there, all right? I see a couple being pulled out. Yeah, I hear, I hear the, okay, so here's the deal with that money. That's my money. That's not church money, just so you know. They didn't come to the offering box. That's, that's Jackie and I's money. We, we're, we're in this together, right? So we both know this is going on. Here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to think of that as your money. I want you to think of that as my money. I want you to steward that for me. I would like for you to give that away to somebody, all right? Find a, someone who needs it. Uh, add money to it. Like, if you think this is not, it's not a lot of money, all right? Believe me, uh, this is the most expensive message I've ever preached in my life. It may not be the best, but the most expensive. It's not a lot of money, so it's not going to, like, you're not going to solve world hunger with the money in that envelope. I guarantee that, all right? But take that, give it to somebody. This is my, Jackie's heart, my heart is this, with that money. Be, be kind to somebody. Somebody's discouraged, be encouragement. Somebody's hurting, help them out. Uh, but Stuart, so you have a choice. Those of you who have an envelope, you have a choice. You can either own that money and keep it for yourself or you can steward it for me, all right? That's your choice. If you choose to do neither, you can put it in the offering basket on the way back and I'll take care of it. I'll steward it for you. I'll give it away to somebody else, all right? But I'd rather you do that. Add some money to it if you want. Give it to Grace Cafe. Give it to Teen Challenge. Uh, give it to In Out of the Cold. There's uh, some places that some of our people are involved in, in, in good ministries that love the Lord and trying to help people. Give it to somebody to be a help to them, all right? Do that. But your choice is the steward or owner of that money, all right? Most of you didn't get an envelope but all of you get a paycheck. 
or you'll get a check from the government, or you'll get something. Are you going to own that, or are you going to steward that? That's the question. It, it, every time, it comes down to, will you steward or own, stu, steward or own that money? Stewardship versus ownership. The, as far as money goes, there's two purposes for money, to live and to give, all right? All your money, to live and to give. So part of your stewardship is to live. you got to I don't want you to take all your paycheck and give it away to charity and try to solve world hunger while your family goes hungry. Don't do that. Part of the stewardship, God wants you to take care of your family. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, but if, if any provide not for his own house, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Part of God says, I want you to take your money and take care of your family. Be a good steward and provide for your family. Take care of your family. That's living. You have to pay for it. You have, you have to pay your bills. Take care of yourself. God is okay with that. God wants you to take care. God wants you to enjoy life. Take care of your family. And to give. To give to other people. To give to your family. To give. And in fact, God wants us to enjoy life. Listen to what the Bible says. This is from the, the chapter that Levi preached on last week. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, listen, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. You can enjoy your money. It's okay. You don't have to say, well, I, I can never buy something new now because I'm a steward of God's money. I got to give all my money. No, no. Part of God's stewardship to you is take the money, take care of your family, enjoy your life, give some away. That's what God says. So have a good balanced approach to this. If all you do is consume all the money upon your own lusts and your own desires, you're not stewarding God's money properly. And if you take all your money and you give it all away and you don't take care of your family, you're not taking care of the money. God says take care of your family. And so steward the money, living and giving. Your, your choice is ownership versus stewardship. All right, let me... You have another choice, your relationship to money. Will it be impulsive or intentional? Impulsive versus intentional. At the beginning of the story, the steward was a waster. He was just wasting. Like, where'd your money go? I don't know. I had a good time, though. Just gone. It's gone. Have you ever felt that way? Where, where, where'd your money go? Us? I don't know. It's gone. He was not intentional. He was impulsive. This changed the moment he realized, listen, it changed the moment he realized he had to give an account. The moment he realized, hey, the master's coming back, I better get busy. He rolled up his sleeves and got intentional about how he stewarded the money then. One moment, one decision changed his outlook. He became very intentional about how he used his money. I'm not saying, and Christ never says that how he used the money what, in fact, he calls him the unjust steward. I mean, that's not the best. But the fact that he went from being an impulsive waster to an intentional, wise investor is what Christ is saying. So it'd be intentional. In almost every money program you could ever follow, you'll be encouraged to be intentional with your money. Do you know where you spend your money? They'll, they'll, they'll tell you to track your finances for a period of time for a month or two months or three months. Track all your money. Find out how much are you spending when you go out to eat? How much are you spending on groceries? How much are you spending on gas? Track your, I don't think there's any kind of financial plan will never ask you to do that very first. Be intentional about your money. That's what he's saying. And remember, we go back to, we're doing this not to serve our money. We're making 
Our money serve us. Dave Ramsey, who's a, a guy that we, is a Christian who talks about finances all the time, and we'll have some information for you at, on our website and stuff for this. Dave Ramsey says this, you need to tell each dollar where to go. You tell it where to go. Where is this dollar? I'm going to tell you, I want you to take care of this need at the homeless shelter. I want you to take care of this need for my family. I want you to go to the bank because when I retire, I need to live on something. I don't want to be a burden to my family or to this church in retirement. I need to think about that. So that's not, that's not being selfish. That's being wise, right? And so I don't want to be a burden to anybody else. I have to think now, at 51, what does 71 look like? What is 81? What is 9? Oh, my word. What, how, how long do we go? Like, how much do I need to save? Like, but we need to think those things. That's not being selfish. That's being wise. And we're trying to do this now because, listen, a peaceful January begins with a planned December. If you don't plan in December, you won't have peace in January. And we can spread that out farther. A peaceful retirement doesn't look good if it's not a planned 30, 40 years of work. Planning for the future. Are you impulsive or intentional? All right, this story, your relationship to money, is it consuming versus investing? Consuming versus investing. The point of the story is this. The children of this world plan for the future, and the children of light, listen now, plan for eternity. That's the difference. Let me show you this. I have here a rope. Okay, so I put some tape on here. This little section here of red tape will represent our life. 70, 80 years, 90 years maybe of life we have here. So let's take this, this red part, especially our working years. All right, let's say we, you get a job when you're 15 and you work to your 65, 50 years. And then the black part, we'll talk about retirement. So, so part of what you do here is planning for here, right? You want to make sure, I got, I got some money here. Like the government helps you set some money aside, whether you want to or not. They set some money aside for you. It's not going to be enough that you really want. You want more than that probably. And so you're trying to do stuff here to benefit here. And this is what the world does. The world really works here to make sure that they have a good retirement, which is great. Here's the difference. Here's what I want you to get. And this is the point of the whole story. The rest of the rope is eternity, <laughs> right? And so the rope goes all the way out into the door. It, it, this rope does have an end, by the way, but eternity doesn't. And so what we're doing is, as Christians, we're spending time here working, saving for retirement, but realizing there's a lot more to invest in after that, right? And so what you do now in the black and the red section will determine what eternity looks like. Who will be in heaven because of our investment in eternal things? That's the point of the whole, that's what Christ is trying to teach us. It's not about just being here on earth consuming, but about investing in eternity. Invest your temporal goods to make an eternal difference. One last thing I Am I dropping? All right. Now I feel like an evangelist. All right, perfect. All right. Now I can really, now I can go anywhere I want and dance on the pews. All right, here we go. All right, one last thing real quick. Look at verse number 14. So Christ did this great story, this great sermon about investing in eternity and doing what you can do now to ensure a brighter future in eternity. And then 
Verse 14, and the Pharisees also, who were covetous, heard all these things, and they derided him. Am I on both now? Okay. Just give me the microphone here then. Make sure my, is this turned off? Okay, all right. The Pharisees also who were covetous heard all these things and they derided him. All right. Well, let me just say this. Your, your choice today about this message is this, Pharisee or follower. Who are you going to be, Pharisee or follower? You can, you can listen to the message and say, oh, that was all right, that was okay, but I'm going to do my own thing. You know, I work hard for my money. You know, I'm not going to invest in eternity. I, I'm, I'm doing what I want to do with my money. This, I, I, this idea of stewardship to God, I don't, I don't worry about that. I worry about ownership. I'm going to take, I'm gonna do, you can do your own thing. That's what the Pharisees did. The Pharisees derided him because they were covetous. As a true follower of Christ, we should look at this story. These are the words of Christ. He told the story for a purpose. He had a reason. He could tell all kinds of stories, but he told the story of this unjust steward who was a prodigal steward who started wasting, ended up spending wisely because he spent it intentionally to secure a brighter future. And all Christ is saying is, that's good, but the children of light can do better because we know that there's an eternity. And folks, decisions made in this lifetime impact your eternity. We're talking about money today, but let me just tell you very clearly, it's way greater than just money. It's your time. It's your energy. It's your life. It's first and foremost a decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you don't steward that opportunity and make a decision for Christ, then your eternity is not with God in heaven, according to the Bible. And so I'd encourage you today, if you don't know, if you're not sure about your eternal destination, if you're not sure about where, what eternity looks like for you, will you be with Jesus Christ in heaven? The Bible is very clear about the path to salvation. It has nothing to do with how good you are, but all to do with how good God is. And God in his goodness sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sins. That's a truth that you have that you need to steward. You need to accept that into your heart and make Jesus Christ your Savior. That's the point. Decisions made in the temporal impact eternal, eternity. And specifically in this, in this text, in this passage, in this story, he's talking about your financial decisions. Let me help you as best I can have a brighter and better January. Right now, realize everything you own is the Lord's. You're a steward, not an owner. Realize right now, you better get a plan. You better be intentional about how you spend your money and not impulsive. Right now, you better start thinking about investing in, in eternity and in, in your retirement and not just consuming everything today, everything today, everything today. Are you an impulse buyer? I'm not technically, usually, but I'll tell you one time, I did go to Costco to get a bag of milk and a hot dog and came home with a couch. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not proud of that moment. <laughs> no, we were looking for a couch. It, it's okay. We were actually looking for a couch. Just not that day at that moment. Is it okay to buy a couch to enjoy life? Yes. Do you have to have a plan in place and use it intentionally to impact eternity if you're going to be a true follower of Jesus Christ? Yes. We all have a relationship with money. You're going to think about it probably 50% of your adult waking life. You are a steward, so you should intentionally invest in eternity if you're a true follower of Christ. It's easy for us to sit 
and think about the prodigal son. Ah, that guy, what a, what, a, what a bad son. He wasted everything. We sit in judgment of the prodigal son while we live the life of the prodigal steward. Not, no plan, just consuming, not sure where our money's going, not planning for our retirement or for eternity and how we handle our finances. So the question is, will you make a plan and have a plan and use your unrighteous mammon, the Bible calls it, unright. I mean, who, wouldn't you love it when there was, like, money was no, not necessary, you not to worry about it, you just, everybody had enough, and everybody could have fun and enjoy life. It doesn't work that way. It does in heaven, but not till then. It's unrighteous mammon, but you need to control it. You can't serve two masters. So today, my challenge is get a grip on your financial plan so that your temporal Decisions today impact your retirement, but more importantly, impact your eternity. It's decisions today that matter. Would you bow your head and close your eyes, please? With no one looking around, let me ask you a couple of questions. Are you stewarding all that God has given you? Would you today, in your mind, understand that you will give an account of your stewardship to Almighty God someday. And would you right now start having a plan in place that the best stewards God's money, God's resources in your life. Yes, take care of your family. Yes, provide for your immediate future. But yes, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Do you have a financial plan that focuses on now and eternity? Yes, you got to take care of now. But what are you laying up for eternity? How will you invest the money God has placed in your care? It's up to you. Because you are his steward. We're going to have some music play. As the music plays, would you make a decision to handle your money wisely? And, and if, if this is the case, if you never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you stay after the service today and, and talk to one of us and let us help you? If you know right now that you need Christ and you know, I know all about that. I just never made that decision myself. Right now, call it to God and let, let him save you right now. That's a personal decision between you and the Lord Jesus Christ. So as the music plays, make the decision that God wants you to make this morning.